rather busy. Now he's going to move like right along to McGregor. That's his whole life. You know. So I don't think that the first X Files movie is the best thing I've ever seen, <laughs> and it's certainly not even the best movie the X Files has ever made. <laughs> but there's something about it that is very charming until it remembers that it's a movie. I think I agree with it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's. I mean, this is a goddamn mess. This is a very weird movie. I, I don't get any of what happened in it. It was. It. it, it but it really is earnest as shit. Like the X Files is is even when the this is not deconstructive X Files. This is not ironic X Files. This is no. This is X Files at its most hard on its sleeve in a way and it's slightly embarrassing in the way in the way that some when when somebody gives you know a drunken heartfelt confession kind of way i guess that's how i feel about it it's like revealing itself a little too much and it's kind of embarrassing and a little shitty but you can't hate it yeah because i think that part of what makes it like that is is the larger canvas that this movie is painting on and of course it had like a 60 million dollar production yeah. budget which i don't know how much they they had for a season of the x-files but i'm i'm sure as hell it wasn't 60 million dollars so they they have this this huge you know amount of money to use it's it's you know shot in 2.35 as opposed to the um you know 4 by 3 that it was aired um little tiny television screens in the 90s so i'm sure that was shocking to people and that was something really yeah. cool they do all this like crazy location shooting they're they're going to like i don't know where they actually shot it i don't think they went to antarctica but I could be wrong, but they shoot in Texas. They shoot all over the place. It's got this like massive alien uh, uh, ship set. Yeah, it's it's very like this is pretty much I think what you could expect the X Files as a big screen summer blockbuster movie to be. But as you said, at the same time, there's something that you know I don't even know if it's really in the in the text of the movie as much as it is. They don't really do anything to change the yeah. X-Files for better and for worse. And when you blow it up to a movie size, it 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 really lays bare all of the, as you said, sort of like the heartfeltness and, and wearing its heart on its sleeve that the X-Files does. It, it, it's kind of like putting a magnifying glass on your nose and you see all the pores. Yeah. I, I, I guess what's weird about it is to me this feels like a movie that's – because there's two audiences for this movie. There is the hardcore, I am watching this every week, I'm going on the internet and discussing this, I live, I, I'm taping the X-Files every, every time it's on, I'm re-watching this fan, and there is the person who's watched a couple episodes here and there, but for the most part just knows the X-Files as a meme, but it's the middle of June and it's hot, and yeah, but why not, I'll go see the X-Files movie, and... I'm not sure either audience is well served in this. It doesn't really make the movie that either either group really wants to see. Uh, because at this point, I saw the movie before I was an X-Files fan when I was 14. And I've seen it after as somebody who knows as much as anybody who'd watched it at the time the movie was released. And I didn't feel satisfied by it either time, really. Yeah, no, it's 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 very unsatisfying as a, as a movie, I think, and it's also very unsatisfying as a continuation of the X Files story, because, and I I will say that I think it's it's amazing that it works as well as it does. Mm. I I do think that, you know, I I would give this movie like a solid B or maybe even a B minus. I think it's it's 
it's pretty decent, but there are definitely like sort of ropey things about it well, that we will yeah. get into. But but part of what is so part of what is so odd about it is that you know we we kind of have to talk about the fact that you could do this even that that this would be a thing that would be done that there was this massive attempt at a cross platform crossover mm. between the X-Files television show and and making this this movie about it and it's just really weird i don't yeah. i not stuff like that doesn't happen it never happened and it 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 you know i mean certainly there are movies based on television shows but they're made after the fact they're made after the television shows yeah. go off the air you know for example tng didn't make a movie during its run it was kind of a, a an award for for finishing the seven seasons of the show and yeah in a way it, it, it becomes reunion specials to a degree that's kind of how the next gen movies have been felt like these actors want to go on to other things but every so often we do want to see them so this is kind of the compromise it's not a weekly commitment anymore. yeah yeah yeah, exactly. But but then you get super weird things in this movie where almost no characters are introduced properly. Yeah. You know, I I'm not going to I'm not going to ask you if you remember seeing this movie when you were 14 because I'm sure you don't. But Well, yeah, what I remember was the beginning with the kid falling into the hole. I remember uh Martin Landau peeing. I remember the ship, but that was about it. Uh Skinner's is not mentioned those... by name. You know, one of the major right. Like that's <laughs> yeah. Like Skinner's not mentioned by name. He's not introduced at all. He's just this glowering bald guy in glasses in that room who has some sort of relationship with Scully and Mulder because he's talking to them by themselves in the hallway. They don't mention what is going on with the conspiracy. They don't give you any indication of who the cigarette smoking man, who the well manicured man is, like who any of these people yeah. are. Uh, I'm certain that people that had no prior knowledge of the X-Files or perhaps only saw a few episodes before going to see this movie in 1998 thought that Landau was a part of the show, and and he is certainly not. Yeah, it's very confusing who is a major character, who is not, who, and most, like, the cigarette-smoking man doesn't even do anything in this movie. So he's just, to to a non- initiated audience he's an extra character that's just kind of there in the background and this is the the movie feels like a big mythology episode as we've seen which kind of works in its own weird way on the television but we need something i think a little bigger for the movie and this movie kind of expects us to think the spaceship and the alien are enough payoffs and I don't know necessarily that they are. I mean, I've seen Alien at this point. I've seen, you know. I mean, I I think in a weird way, and certainly I want to talk about the Alien stuff at the end because I I find it extremely derivative in a way that the X Files is is not usually. And I also think this is probably going to be finally a good time to to get into a little bit of of what exact what the hell the X Files creative staff thinks about what extraterrestrials even are. But that's you know we'll get to that in, in a little while. I think that what's what's really striking to me about this movie is that I actually think it probably works a lot better if you're not an X-Files viewer than if you are, because apart from the fact that this does give more context for a lot of the conspiracy stuff that has been happening in the show over the past five years, 
it still doesn't really answer anything and it still feels calculated to make you tune in to the sixth season premiere yeah. in the fall and I don't know that Mulder and Scully even have enough chemistry in this movie to justify an X-Files fan going to see this movie. I mean, hmm. I saw this movie in 1998. I was watching the X-Files at that point. I honestly don't remember what I thought about it, although I did buy this soundtrack on CD. I'm not <laughs> really sure why. Um, remember when people used to buy movie soundtracks? Oh, God. Um, but... It's just kind of like, I don't really understand, you know, Chris Carter had all this stuff about he wanted to, to he felt like the X-Files mythology was limiting and he wanted to have a larger canvas, a larger budget to really tell the, the story that he was seeing in his head. And sure, fine, you know, we get this sort of like 35,000 years ago in North Texas and there's an alien attacking some some cavemen and we get a huge alien spaceship arising out of Antarctica and, and black oil and all this kind of stuff. And it's all very exciting and entertaining. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really add up to anything yeah. that we haven't seen before on the show. It's just they threw more money at it. Yeah, it, it, it's not as if these are scenes that could not have been done. They just would have done much more cheaply and maybe not as grand. It, it seems like the budget was used for the spectacle, but not not as a way to be any innovations in storytelling or not to tell anything more effectively. As in, I don't feel like seeing the spaceship and the size of the spaceship. Yes, that's a cool effect, but I already can assume that this is a giant, vast thing. I don't know. No, I agree with you. And I mean, I also think that some of the special effects are, are a bit ropey as well. I, I, so some well, of the green screen work and uh, is a little, you know, meh. but I, I don't, you know, it's, well, let's talk about, um, Let's talk about Mulder and Scully first, because I, I do think, you know, I intimated last week that I had some thoughts about the sign of the, how the, the fifth season, uh, how the fifth season finale ended and how that was sort of leading into the movie. Right. Because the choice to have the X-Files closed at the end of the fifth season and the choice to have Mulder and Scully working counterterrorism together at the beginning of the movie I think is one of the smarter choices the movie makes. It's it's a little bit daring. You know, you expect characters in a movie called The X-Files to be working on The X-Files, but it's a title. You can get by it. I think at this point, everyone kind of knew who Mulder and Scully yeah. were and knew who The X-Files were. So it wasn't necessarily a problem that they did that. Although, to be fair, everybody were- knows Mulder and Scully as... That duo who solves crimes with paranormal stuff and aliens. So, but anyway. Yeah, but I think that what what it does for me is it sets up the movie as something a little bit apart. It's obviously still a continuation. Mulder and Scully are together. They have dialogue at the beginning of the movie talking about how the X-Files was closed and how they don't want to do this. And and this Scully, you know, the Scully plot is her deciding whether or not to leave the FBI. All of these things are threaded through the movie in a way that is – it's the most successful beat of the movie for me because it both ties into what we know about these characters. It ties into the end of the fifth season, and it also pretty much stands alone. I could easily see yeah. a movie that was not tied to a television show that had this at its core. Here's two FBI agents. One of them is disillusioned. She's thinking about quitting. It makes sense to me. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I think I bought 
we, we we've said this about the show in general. They're very good at this. Duchovny and Anderson do have very good chemistry together, and they are going to even if it, they are going to sell this very well. We believe because they have they have a relationship that's built over five years that any moment that we see in it is going to be a very strong relationship is going to have a sense of history so that sense of history does come across their sense of trepidation around each other is very palpable and makes a lot of sense and when in this movie they are finally admitting to each other how they actually feel about each other really uh, it does we do bu- we do buy it as this barrier between these two people is finally they're letting each other in. Yeah, and I and that's what I like about it because I think that the the movie and the script does enough of the groundwork to quickly establish who these people are and then to establish that they are at some sort of loggerheads or a crossroads and that, you know, Scully's decision to to quit the FBI, of course she's not actually going to quit the FBI, but and the movie ends with the telegraph, you know, the telegraph falling into the sand. The X Files have been reopened. Oh my God! You know, I, I was almost surprised that they like, didn't have a title card come up and say "Tune into the sixties yeah. premiere on your Fox <laughs> Television <laughs> Network." You know, your top Fox Television affiliate in September nineteen ninety eight. You know, um, but it works. I like it, and I think that their dynamic is strong. You know, one of the things that I've always said about the X Files, and I think you have as well, is that the show. The show can work when Mulder and Scully are just sort of, like, along for the plot. Yeah. But at least in this movie, that's not the case. Like, certainly the Walter Landau character is – or Martin Landau. I don't know why I keep saying Walter. I keep – it's Walter Matthau and – Martin Landau. Martin Landau. And Landau Calrissian. And Cardassians are keeping up with the Cardassian. I guess I just think that all old, old white men look the same. Uh, and, uh, and, and and again, Martin Landau joining the X Files parade of old white men with amazing voices. Like they are really good at that casting that exact niche. Yes, they are. <laughs> they they certainly are. And I I think that we can probably talk about uh, the X Files relationship to old white men in another podcast. But yeah. we'll we'll leave that for the future. I do think that. It's really nice that the movie puts them into a mode of solving a mystery and they're actually engaged in yeah. figuring this out. They're actually doing things, right? I think it would be very difficult to have this movie with uh, a typical X-Files story if they're just kind of along for the ride. At the same time, I'm never really sure if they're pulling it off. Yeah, well, I guess my question is what exactly do they do in this movie? Because there, it, it is the kind of thing where they're going from scene to scene and there's bees and then there's ice and then there's aliens and then there's a weird body. And and it's all so quick that I'm not quite sure what exactly is happening. Again, And in some ways it's, be, it's besides the point. This is another one of those X-Files things where it just kind of – shows us sequences that are from the conspiracy alien grab bag and that works and i like that but i don't know it's it, it it's it is so hard to follow the plot of the mythology because there's so much shit in it and again besides the point to tease it out but well, I, I mean, I do think that they don't they don't do much, but I think that that the one thing they do is they do chase down the, um, you know, the the bee house in the desert and the, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but they, they knew they, there they were do bee a house. little bit in some ways, but they knew there was a bee house. 
that they find another one is shocking and they learn some stuff. But they knew that there were bees that were spreading this. Yes, I agree with you, but that's also the problem that this isn't part of the television show. Yeah. That 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 information in this movie is portrayed as something new because it has to be because this is supposed to be a movie to get people into the theaters that have never watched the X-Files. Yeah, and I think that's why I feel it doesn't necessarily satisfy the hardcore element of the audience because we've seen this before. We've seen a B episode. Scully getting B disease and being abducted is... We've seen her be abductive, and we've seen her have disease, and both of those plots were much better done before. I mean, even the bit at the yeah. end when she, well, do you have any hard evidence? And she pulls out the bee. I mean, that was done in the pilot. And again, we as the hardcore audience know this has all been done before, and this is just feels like, okay, this has been done already. And again, to the new audience, they are seeing this for the first time. It isn't as easy in 1998 to catch up on the back episodes as in 2018 where, we, all right, I'm going to see, I know the movie's coming out. I'm interested. I can go back after the movie and watch it all. Hey, come on. You can get rent 30 pounds of VHS tapes from your local library in 1998. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think that, that it, you know, that that is the tension at the heart of this movie, right? And I, yeah. I, I think that's kind of what we're dancing around, that for a viewer of The X-Files, I think this movie relies a lot and probably too much on, hey, this is a big budget, big screen version yeah. of the same shit that you've been watching for five years. Isn't that really cool? Like, it, you know, I, it, it's that kind of like, it's that kind of success as monetary, like, you know, how everyone is very happy when the Avengers 4 makes $300 million because they're getting a cut of it, I guess. Or... Does it work as a standalone movie? I think it actually works as a standalone movie better because it doesn't really require you to know anything. I mean, certainly a lot of the characters sort of just drop in and out and they're not introduced at all and we don't really have any idea. I don't really think that anybody in this movie has a real character arc except for Scully. Um, I don't even think Mulder does. And this movie also is very strangely disconnected from the Mulder that is you know, testifying at alien conferences saying that aliens don't exist. It's hard. It's, it's, it's very difficult to, to square the circle. I think it's weird. I almost find, I find myself almost faulting the movie for being too ambitious because the, 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 because if they had, I, I, my understanding is that the second X files is more of a standalone. And I would have assumed that making a standalone story might've been an easier thing because all right, to the uninitiated, we don't really have to we don't have to worry about any background that we don't know. To the fans, all right, well, we're going to have some great Mulder Scully dynamic, and who doesn't want to see a really cool monster of the week? All right, now with a big budget, they can go all around the country and have all of these adventures and really cool effects on the monsters. I mean, that feels like it would have been an easier thing, and yet it's telling this grandiose tale. I also wish they had maybe gone Darren Morgan with it and had a movie about Mulder and Scully having a movie made about their adventures. Like, can you imagine the meta as shit version of this? <laughs> I mean, yes, I certainly can. Uh, I, I, I think there's a there's a couple of things there. Number one, of course, is that Chris Carter wrote this, and I don't think there was any way Chris Carter was never not going yeah. to write this movie. And charitably speaking, Chris Carter is not very good at writing standalone. That's fair. It's standalone Monster of the Week episodes. So it, it would have been more of a because you have to get the you have to get the the hardcore X Files fans in the theater somehow, right? And 
I don't know if, hey, it's a Monster of the Week episode, only it's two hours long, and it's got a $60 million budget, yeah. would be enough to get them into the theater. Whereas, yeah. it's hard to... It's hard now from our vantage point 20 years later to understand just how much of a meme the X-Files was at this point and how big the show was that this was like one of the biggest hits Fox television has ever had. And it's this like weird genre show that almost got canceled after the first season. You know, 20 million people a week were watching this show and what was really pushing it into the public consciousness was, yes, of yeah. course, David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson, because they have a lot of chemistry together and they're very pretty as people, but also the mythology and also this yeah. idea of this ongoing story and that people kept watching the X-Files, believe it or not, because they wanted to know what was going on in the mythology. And so... In a way, a mythology episode is almost a safe choice, which hmm. I think is not contradicting what you said, but because you said it wasn't ambitious enough, I kind of feel that's that's actually the case. Like, it's ambitious in terms of its scale, but it's not really ambitious in terms of its storytelling. Okay, aims. so yeah, it, it, to us now, it feels like a risk. Uh, but But again, considering the way that the MCU is happening and all, maybe it's not a risk. Maybe this is a... We've talked about a lot about how the X-Files is a proto-version of that serialized kind of storytelling in some ways, and maybe its movie was an attempt at this cinematic universe kind of deal. And it, it, again, we just weren't quite ready for it. it. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible. I also think that having the X-Files as some sort of you know multi-platform experience would be very difficult because they just i mean there's two people in the show essentially yeah they're gonna get tired um i mean you know leaving aside the lone gunman spinoff which i'm, I'm very curious to watch because I, I i've never actually seen it uh that is not a promise we are going to cover it by the way uh, i i just have it on my netflix queue uh but yeah like it's it's hard because i keep wanting to talk about this in terms of a standalone movie more than I do about how it connects to what was happening on the show, which I think is weird. Yeah. And I find myself that it didn't really work for me as a standalone movie. And as a continuation of the show, I, I it was maybe a little more successful, but again, when I watched it at 14 and again, I was 14. Okay. But I was also at a good age to watch the series, and I didn't start watching it after watching this movie. I found myself not really liking it. Well, that was probably a good call on your part, because the, the show tends to go downhill. Yeah. Um, but, 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 not, but not to say that the sixth and the seventh seasons don't have their charms. They certainly do. But We'll see soon. Yeah, I mean, it, it. we will see very soon, next week, in fact. But Yeah, I mean, and I know yeah. that's anecdotal, yeah, but still. Well, I, the ratings, I don't think, went up at all. Um, so yeah. what was the point of this movie? I don't know. I mean, I just find it fundamentally astonishing that Chris Carter was able to talk a producer and no, give him money it, to make this movie. It's it, it, it's the weirdest damn thing that it exists. So let's talk about the, the, um, the conspiracy then at least a little bit. Because I, I do think that this is a slightly tweaked version 
of the conspiracy. It's one that yeah. is a little more easily digestible for a mass audience that has never really had any exposure, haha, to the X Files before or the Black Oil. And we get some interesting wrinkles. So I think we always knew that the Black Oil <laughs> was some sort of lay form. Interesting wrinkles like Martin Landau? Yes. <laughs> We always knew the black oil was a form of alien life and that basically what is going on is that they want to colonize the earth. And so they're going to be putting in, putting themselves into the bodies of humans. And the syndicate is something that is helping them prepare for that. And now what we find out is that the syndicate thought that they were just going to be some sort of like controlled slave race. But they're actually going to be growing these aliens and then they're going to be emerging out of their body. Um, OK, I guess. Uh, I'll be curious to get your thoughts on that. But I think the other thing that I want to mention before I I let you talk is that this idea that the black oil was the first inhabitant of Earth or something, very, very confusing in my mind. Yeah, no, it makes no goddamn sense. It's trying. I mean, I was cracking up during the entire beginning sequence because they're trying to be 2001 and falling on their face kind of hard with it. Uh, It's such a transparently grandiose attempt to make this, you know, this is millions of years old. It's silly. It's hokey. I'd say that's the hokiest part of this. Well, it's certainly hokey, but but I also think that I don't know what what sense any of it makes. I I, I fundamentally don't know what the hell is going on. And I think that in a weird way, the X-Files movie was this attempt to like broaden the scope of the show and to really sort of like provide answers, but at the same time, leave more questions so that everyone would go watch the sixth season premiere. Yeah. But it doesn't make sense. I don't understand it. Like, if the black oil was already here on Earth as the indigenous yeah. lay form of this planet, why would they need to colonize Earth? And then is the black oil just black oil or is it actually this alien thing? I don't understand any of this. Yeah. And, and, and there's something about how, like, the they, the, the original colonists turned themselves into black oil. So it's implied this is a hibernation state or something like that. But, I mean, it... Frankly, all of it makes the syndicate seem a little naive because you get the sense, okay, they're doing all of this business with this vaccine and trying to develop it behind the aliens' back, and then they're all shocked when it turns out the aliens were tricking them. And, like, they think they're going to be able to make this vaccine in secret and no one's going to know. And, like, they made this agreement with the aliens that, okay, we'll be spared and you won't bother us and we'll be okay while you take over the rest of earth while we'll secretly try to have this in our back pocket like it's i don't know they they they... first of all i wish the syndicate would commit to the role are they selling out humanity are they trying to save it and it's not being done in a way that's interesting tension it just feels very and again i guess part of the point is that the syndicate is itself divided yeah, I mean, I think that's what you see in the movie, of course. And I guess we'll see if we see the well-manicured man again after he murdered his driver and the car blew up. Oh, no, he was dead, I guess, right? Um, or was he? We haven't seen the body. Or was he? Yeah, well, yeah. But it's just... 
like if you were this is what i always get to at the point with the mythology and i think it's really at the fifth season in the movie where things really start to fall apart because in trying to collapse it down into an easily understood and digestible form for this movie they kind of like shot themselves in the foot because okay let's spin this out so i guess these like Let's call them the angry grays. I don't know what to call them. <laughs> Angrays. Angrays. So the Angrays are the <laughs> original inhabitants of yeah. Earth. But then they decide to leave because I guess they're being attacked by cavemen all the time. And they're kind of fucking t- tired of it. And But they p- put themselves into this hibernation state. And that's still hanging around. But then they want to come back. But they're not just going to come back as people they're going to come back as the black oil because they want to grow new colonists i guess maybe because like they have a population crisis is this like a children of men situation i'm not sure i don't know and and, but then like but but this is what i want to get at is and i something i wanted to talk about for a while but this is the first good opportunity to to do so is that fundamentally speaking this is what happens when you get science fiction that isn't made by people that are interested in science fiction because Mm -hmm. Which alien species are we talking about? <laughs> There's this concept of of aliens, of extraterrestrials. And originally, I think the conception was that the aliens were the greats. You know, the guys with the big heads and the big, you know, the big eyes, big black eyes that don't wear any clothes yeah. and are abducting people to do experiments on them. But then we started, you know, in the second and third and fourth and fifth seasons of the X-Files to get these, to get the hybrids and then to get the aliens that can shapeshift with the green blood. And then we have the alien, you know, the, the alien rebels. Like, are these all the same species? Are these not the same species? Are the angrays from the movie the same thing that we saw in the first season, the little tiny grays that don't look like they could hurt a fly? Who are the alien rebels? They don't look like grays. Like, what is going on here? Yeah, and... and- it's, this is bringing to mind some broader thoughts I've I've had. The X Files take on aliens was the '90s take on aliens, right? Like it, it was so it was so much of the imagery did come from the X Files, and then the X Files itself fed on a lot of the imagery that was in the world at the time. And I'm um, also you know Independence Day, which gets peed on in this movie because you know. But <laughs> even though this movie is so obviously in love with Independence Day, but, but that's a different story. Um, the view of aliens was that aliens are going to take over and destroy all of our shit. And that's really scary. And aliens are really scary. And we need to figure out how to stop them. I mean, even shit like Mars Attacks was around this time. And I guess what this is bringing to mind is the fact that on our other podcast, we are talking about Star Trek, which views the idea of alien life as wonderful and new friends to meet and that these alien cultures can work together and that, yes, there will still be struggles and problems, but that alien life is other people in a way. And it's just so – and, of course, Star Trek is still going strong at this point. Uh, Voyager is, is in the middle of itself, so it's kind of the end of that 90s era of Star Trek, but still... I don't know, it's just weird, the disparity between the two, and it makes me feel like X-Files is at a core, at its core a lot more conservative of a show. No, I would agree with that. I mean, I think it, it, it comes down even more fundamentally than you're taking it, which is that 
there's there's no conception that that aliens would be different species there's no conception that aliens would have polities like they do in star trek or a lot of other science fiction there's no sense that we would be able Mm. to talk to aliens there's no sense that the aliens would have differences we it's not even like that we would understand them to be the same species or different species it's that it doesn't seem that the question ever occurred to anyone writing on the x-files well well i mean the word virus is used to describe black oil a lot and when its true nature is revealed it's still a virus i mean it is literally something else that grows within you and bursts out so that that the the conception of aliens is a lot more of a natural force in a way it is a disease force just as for example cancer is not one disease it's various kinds of diseases but we all label it under an umbrella and to the layman it doesn't really matter it's it, it it's something very deadly that needs to be cured Yes, I, I, I think that's right. But at the same time, what is so galling to me about this is that this is one of those things in the X-Files that I think just emerged organically over a period of time. Yeah. And they never really thought about it. And why it's unsatisfying is that if they had actually set this up to be something that they wanted to do, if they knew, okay, well, there's going to be one alien species that is going to be fighting the greys and there's another alien species that's going to be helping the greys and they, you know, and they sketch this out. Like we don't need to know any of this. Right. I mean, I think that it's probably okay if people just react to aliens as aliens, because why not? Right. I mean, we don't really get a sense of who they are or anything like that because they're not really interested in it and we don't know what they're doing, but at the same time, there needs to be some sort of... I wish someone had raised the question, at least. Yeah. And and now we have this conception of the aliens that are going to be inhabiting the Earth in 10 or 20 years or whenever it's supposed to be as essentially like mindless killing machines. And that is the horriest yeah. cliche imaginable. And it's so disappointing for the X-Files to fall into that trap. You know, like... Fundamentally speaking, these aliens are portrayed as as intelligent thinking creatures. Why would they just be instinctively attacking everybody? Yeah, they're feral in this movie. They're, they're, they're right. somehow feral and yet use to have high technology. And I mean, it almost seems like half of this shit was built by humans under this direction. Like, don't you get the sense almost humanity did so much more work than they needed to on this? Like, because because these aliens show no evidence of being able to do any of this. Right, they show no evidence of being able to do any of this, and and I mean, I guess even if you if you spin this out even further, and I, I don't like you know, making theories to to fit the understanding of things, but we kind of have to because we just don't have enough information. And what we have is very unsatisfying that, okay, let's say that these feral angrays are the children and that they're very dangerous. They grow up and they're like the greys and they have to be socialized and taught and everything like that. I mean, okay, but that also is not very interesting because that feeds into a very hoary cliche of aliens being, these unthinking killing machines, essentially, you know, this harkens back to alien. This harkens back to, I mean, you could go back probably to the thirties if you really wanted to, or the twenties. It's just not interesting. And, and that especially is galling to me when we get to the end of the movie and suddenly it turns into an action romp where, where Mulder is trying to save Scully 
and they're they're you know racing against time. The aliens are chasing them, and they have to get out. And then this ship takes off, and I'm like, who is flying this? <laughs> and 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 more fundamentally than that, it's a very very derivative look. Yeah, you know, basically that could be an alien ship from the movie Alien, except not quite as stylish. Again, the, 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 I've seen Alien, and the, who while the Design work on the X-Files movie is fine. It's not designed by H.R. Geiger. I mean, you're not going to have... It doesn't have quite the panache of it. It doesn't even have quite the panache of Independence Day, I would say. No, no, it certainly doesn't. And, I mean, that that speaks to, to something else which I, I want to talk about as well, which is that, you know, Rob Bowman directed this. He worked on the X-Files. He directed a lot of X-Files episodes. He is primarily a television director. Mm. He, has, he has made a few movies, but... I know, and I don't. I don't talk about the the look of of things on television very much because you're not well versed in it, and you really can't yeah. talk about it very well. Um, and I want to be fair to you. And this is a, this is a conversation, not a monologue, yeah. for me to. <laughs> but every so often, you will style, mention but, something, and you you know will explain it. It's it's good to have sometimes that talked about and explained, but. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I and I think that like I'll you know just briefly mention that like the look of the X-Files movie is not very interesting. Yeah. You know, I think that this is a this is a big budget movie made by a television director and who is more used to working on a small canvas. Now, I think in some respects he uses it well, but in other respects he doesn't. In other respects he's just like, "Oh, we have this whole you know widescreen to play with. Let's just do this long shot." And you're like, Okay, sure. Like, but why couldn't they get whoever directed Home to do this, for example? Because I think didn't I don't know who directed that. Um, I, I don't know. I but, you know who who knows? I mean, we we could speculate yeah, about yeah, why yeah. they got Rob Bowman to direct it over Sp- Steven Spielberg. But at the end of the day, that's that's who directed yeah, it, course. and he does a serviceable job, but it doesn't do anything yeah. to really elevate this I, I i i think that that this movie relies a lot on the form of a motion picture to convey a sense of grandiosity and it's not really doing anything in the direction very different from what you would see on the television show and that's you know and and even more than that i would say that the movie is doing less than the television show because at least the television show was inventive for its time yeah, and maybe the television show just has a lower bar to clear in that way, but it does seem like in terms of the visual look, the television series is often more uh innovative than the than the movie was. That all said, I yeah, I for sure. this is the era that I was watching the most summer blockbusters, so there is something a little nostalgic about it. I mean, I've said that uh Movies nowadays, I find that um, I find it very hard to visually parse what was going on, and so I do appreciate being able to watch a movie and understanding the action sequences. I guess part of the problem too is that and I, I found this astonishing when I was doing the the, the pre research um, that they only had ten weeks for for pre production work on mm. this movie, which is a astonishingly long, astonishingly short time to do pre production work on a major motion picture because you usually do it for like six months. Uh, so so that could have something to do with it too. I guess yeah. like they just didn't have the time to put into creating very interesting sets. They didn't really have time to spend a lot of time yeah. like making this look very interesting. Um, it's a shame. I, I, you know, I feel like we're really shitting on the movie and 
I enjoy it. I mean, I always enjoy it. I enjoy the beginning of it more than the middle and the end because there's a, I mean, do you think this is true? I mean, I think this is true, but I'll ask you that when the movie first starts out and it's got this whole weird vibe of Mulder and Scully, the building blows up. It's it's kind of a pretty good opening, I think. Yeah, I really like I that, that sequence. The, yeah, like it's really well done. And even the even the initial Martin Landau parts, I think, are good, where he's talking about FEMA and they're, <laughs> you know, trying to frame him with child porn and all this stuff. And then a corner turns probably around the time that Mulder and Scully encounter the bee house. And then it just becomes this like fun house ride. And they're really being, they, they get locked into a mode of storytelling that is not very interesting. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. It's the kind of thing where the setup is all really fascinating. There's all these cryptic things happening. There's all these weird plots that they're slowly uncovering and it hints at so many esoteric and arcane things and what's it going to be and what's what's going to happen and the answers that we find are aren't that much bigger than the answers we've already gotten yeah yeah no for sure and and that's really i guess at the end of it like what is so disappointing about this is that i could easily see this movie not existing and it wouldn't matter i don't think yeah i i i Obviously, having the aliens actually grow inside you is grosser, but effectively effectively saying, oh, the aliens aren't going to kidnap us and use us as the slave race like we thought. They're going to grow themselves inside us. Like, I guess that's worse, but I was still thinking things were really fucking bad, so you really haven't shocked me that much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, are you going to be hit by a bus? Or are you going to die of cancer? Yeah. <laughs> I'm still dead either way. Yeah. I mean, I'll take neither. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Can I? Can I have option C, please? Well, maybe the last thing to talk about, and I don't know how much I have to say about this, but I, I think we would be churlish if we did not uh, did not mention this. But the aborted kiss um, right before Scully is stung by the bee. I'm sorry. Did I give away my reaction? <laughs> I'm, I'm taking it. You were not impressed. Oh, uh, I, 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 no, I was not. Um, it, it, it's. I'm. I, I. I'm not into Scully and Mulder shipping. This is an obvious, you know, tease to that segment of the audience, and it, 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 it's to fuel the internet speculation. I mean, and and that's fine. I, you know who's watching your movie. You're going to throw them a bone. So I guess that was the biggest thing that they did in the movie that they didn't do in the series. Yes, because Mulder and Scully have always been shown to care about each other in the TV show. Yeah. They've always been shown to be at least a little bit uh, physically affectionate, hugging and things like that. But this is the first time, of course, that they're drawn together in a romantic kiss. Yeah. It's aborted, of course. They don't actually kiss. But if not for that, I, be, but if not for that, be I think it's a very strange choice. Like I can see it working again as a standalone part of a movie. Yeah, but but to do this in the television series is just strikes me as oh we have to elevate this somehow. We have to do things that are different from the television series. So let's have Mulder and Scully almost kiss. Well, well, because now one of two things has to happen. Either they've got to just ignore it in the series proper, which sucks, or 
they've got to address it in the series, which also sucks. Like, this is a door that, yeah. now that you've opened the door, y- you have to deal with whatever comes in, and I was not asking for that be- to be dealt with. Well, I, I think that you are going to have some very particularly bad reactions to some things that are coming up later. Yay! Awesome! <laughs> Remember, I, I did say the X-Files goes downhill. Uh, I, have, I still have no idea what the fuck this show is. Isn't it great? I know! Like, this is just a... I don't know if it's a great television show. It might not be, but it's certainly a lot weirder than I thought it was. Like it's, I know, it, it, it's, it's super weird. It's just jumbled together. It's just a bunch of shit that they just slap together and miraculously it holds. And like pieces are falling off, but it's still holding together, goddammit. And they keep slapping more stuff on there. And, and, and it's a monstrosity. Well, I think you'll be very interested to see next week's episode, at least one of them. Uh, but it should br- also we would be remiss if we did not mention the brief appearance of the lone gunman, which once again, yes, there's a lot of fan service in this movie. It is just complete fan service. It also has a little bit of a point because that's how Mulder escapes out of the hotel, out of the um, hospital room. But yeah, but there is also you know, a degree of fine. who the fuck are these people? But hey. Well, right. That's my point. It's like, I guess it, it's one of the more examples of, okay, they didn't really explain this. Oh, and also Martin Landau worked with Mulder's father. And here's another weird old yeah. guy who worked with Mulder's father and apparently spent summers with them for some bizarre reason because I think they were all swingers. <laughs> and scene, right? Like, that's pretty much it. It's just, if you didn't watch this movie, I think you would probably be fine with just continuing on with the television series. And that's not great. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to say it. I mean, I I, I also find myself having picking apart, like, do these plots really work? Does it really make sense to blow up this building to hide these bodies? Like, aren't there going to be other questions that people ask? Like, is this really an effective cover-up? If you're plotting everything, why are you letting Mulder and Scully on the team when they are the people who will figure this shit out? Don't you know this by now? Like, there are all these little details in it that you could pick apart and that you're encouraged to not. And I don't know. it's it's a very we are used to a very different style of storytelling where these details are intended to be tied together a little more tightly and it's considered sloppy if they're not but um i yes. think maybe some kind of point in the middle is a pretty good way to take it well we'll just have to see what happens All right. Well, I think we will leave the X-Files movie there. If you have any thoughts on the conversation we just had or thoughts of your own on the movie, please leave a comment on the post for this episode at tuninginshow.com. You can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash truckaboutshow. This podcast, as well as our other podcasts, Truckabout, are listener supported. That is supported by you. Yes, you listening to this right now. Once again, the place to go is patreon.com slash truckaboutshow. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we are there. Tuning in show is our username in all those places. And as always, we would very much appreciate an Apple podcast review of this podcast. And please make it a better review than you would give the X-Files movie. All right. Season six next week, Richard. I'm ready. We're going to be talking about... Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm not ready. We're going to be talking about the beginning (gasps) and 
Drive. The Mac. Why do you...